The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. Thou anointest my head, my cup runneth over. Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. In Lent, we remember our humanity. We need food and water for our bodies and for our souls. From the cup of salvation to the drinks of living water, Scripture is full of nourishment from God, even and especially if your cup is empty. Come and drink from the fountain of grace. According to Luke, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in, the, in, the, in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you, to you. I will give their glory and all and all this authority, for it has been given it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him on, serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you. And on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. The true gospel of the Lord. Praise to the Lord, the word for light. Okay, be seated, please. I say good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Many of you know and have heard the stories I tell about my mother who I lost in 2011, when she had a massive stroke in her sleep and died. 
She was here one minute and gone the next. There were no goodbyes. She was just gone. My mother and I were very close and spoke either on the phone or through text at least once a day. And after decades of those daily messages, it was and sometimes still is difficult to change and realize that I can't just pick up the phone or shoot a text over to mom. After mom's death, I shut myself away from the world. I didn't or couldn't deal with it. For over a year, I left my small Oakland apartment only when absolutely necessary. Otherwise, I stayed in, avoiding people. You see, I was broken. Broken where most couldn't see. Often when I feel great emotion, I have to get it out. And I did this either by simply writing about it or putting together a video or a slideshow. After mom's funeral, when I was back home alone, I did just that. I wrote about it, and I would like to share that writing with you now. This place. These days that have run together and formed a jagged rip into what I thought was sanity that are running mercilessly together, the hours glaring hard into my being as they pass me by, knowing that I am growing weaker and losing sight of any glimmer of what I used to think was hope. My soul, my inner self, that place I never knew I could experience such emotion, has been plunged into a place, if you can call it that, that I never knew existed, a place that honestly no human being should ever be forced into, a place that that many ne never returned from. This time, the hours still laughing as they glare past my still weakening self. This place, muted, hot and cold at the same time, vomit tickling the back of my throat, the physical body forced to suffer along with my soul. Language yet to be developed to describe the sheer strength and Im imminent torture I continue to be suffocated by, through my fingers which can no longer touch, through my mind which can no longer trust or understand or try to explain or know, being forced to accept without reason. Why? Choices have to be chosen tonight. This battle. This is either the beginning or the end. I know at least I will always be horribly disfigured and scarred, damaged in a place that can't be sutured and a place that used to feel better with her kiss no matter how deep the pain. Scared to, even give, to ever give freely the emotions I so effortlessly offered in what I knew as the love of a parent. Perfect? No. But by comparison, a place so far from here that I know I will never know what can, what can only be comparatively called bliss from this point on. This place. There is no love. None. The word itself is without a definition. Almost as, almost as if it had never been created, experienced, and known as only love can be known. Fear. Self-hate. Loneliness. Regret. Hopelessness, confusion, numb, then hot, then colder, than even cold. My physical heart even beats erratically, not knowing whether to race or rest. The fog is so thick, yet you can taste the emptiness in it. Sleep is seconds at a time, if that. Why should I continue to fight to pull out of this place, just so it can happen all over again, just so I can be pulled fur further into the monster's throat? I still remember the idea of love. I know... I think I know that it is out there and I am capable, but I know not I know what it I know not what it actually feels like any longer. Those ideas I once knew as love, companionship, trust, self-worth. Those words are as empty as my stomach bubbling only with the bile trying to eat its way out. The battle, do I have the strength to survive not only emotionally but also physically this all-out attack on everything that is me? I can't answer that. Honestly, I don't I don't know. I don't even know if I have the will to try. She was torn from my side, you see. She was half of me. We were 
oh, alike in so many ways, sometimes so much that we touched nerves that we shouldn't have. But that only made us love and need each other more. We were symbiotic. So where does that leave me now? Can I ever imagine her smile when I do something that would have put light in her eyes? Can I ever feel that comfort of no matter how big I got that I was safe when she was on watch? Can I? Will I try? Do I have the strength to even find out? What's the use? There's nothing left. This place I should have been forced to exist in, no one should survive. So why are we forced there? Why would my God who loves me, gave me life, showed me that life and warmth and energy that I fear I will never see again, why would he then rip it out of me like tearing my skeleton out of my skin? And why do I have to accept that the answer is his to give and only if he chooses? Why? That's not love. It's pure torture. This is pure torture, draining every ounce of hope and life that is left inside me. Her name even now growing fainter in my memory. Mom. Not forgetting her, just forgetting the comfort of her. Her feeling, which is never more. My soul, I'm afraid, damaged and moth-eaten and bleeding. My soul growing so unrecognizable as even a part of me, crumpling under the weight of the tasteless, empty, deafening, silent, gray, black, white, empty darkness. It is so bright, it has dried any moisture in my eyes. My soul is losing this battle. Time? I don't even know what that means anymore. But I'm going to need a hell of a lot of it. I'm going to be able to fathom escaping it. This place I have been thrown into like a discarded piece of trash or worse. Reality now blurring into dreams and fantasy and nightmares the human mind could never conceive alone. I don't know what's real, what's truth, what's me and, and who God... Uh-oh. And who God... Something. I think it says who God is. I don't they kind of cut sort it off here. That's okay. Who God is. Okay, I got it. This place, this hell, this place, this place is killing me. As you can see, I was in a real, I was, I was in a, a real bad spot. Obviously grieving, confused, hurt, lonely and afraid. They say time heals all wounds, which I believe is mostly true. And I took the time to meditate and pray and grieve and came to understand as best I could why we die and leave behind so much and so many. Those wounds may be healed, but they are not invisible. They are what some might call scars, just like the scars we get on our skin after a wound heals. Kintsugi, also known as Kintsukuroi, I can never get that one, it's a tough one, Kintsukuroi is the Japanese art of repairing broken pottery by mending the areas of breakage with lacquer dusted or mixed with powdered gold, silver, or platinum. The method is similar to the maki-e technique. As a philosophy, it treats breakage and repair as part of the history of an object rather than something to disguise. Christy Bartlett writes, not only is, this, is, is there no attempt to hide the damage, but the repair is literally illuminated, a kind of physical expression of the spirit of Mushin. Mushin is often literally translated as no mind, but carries connotations of fully existing within the moment, of non-attachment, of equanimity and amid changing conditions. The, <laughs> the vicissitudes of existence over time to which all humans are susceptible could not be clearer than in the breaks, the knocks, and the shattering to which ceramic wear is uh, swear, ceramic where to is subject. This poignancy or aesthetic of existence has been known in Japan as mono, no aware, a compassionate 
sensitivity or perhaps identification with things outside oneself. Pretty good words there, I know, but I think you got it. During the COVID-19 pandemic, the philosophy and practice of Kintsugi emerged as a source of comfort. It has been used as a metaphor for rebuilding after tragic events such as dealing with loss, sickness, trauma, and disruption of daily life. Kirsten Weir, writing in 2020 in the American Psychological Association's periodical Monitor on Psychology, says, post-traumatic growth is like Kintsugi for the mind. When the BMJ described Kintsugi philosophy as a powerful tool for healing after the grief of losing loved ones to COVID-19, so the person you see standing before you today was once broken, but now has been put back together. But the scars still show and often stand out. My mother's death changed me forever and is forever a part of me. Some of you may be dealing with similar struggles, a loss of a parent or a spouse or a friend, even losing your home or losing your job or a marriage or relationship failing. We all go through times of brokenness, whether, whether or not we are in one right now or not. The idea and metaphor of Kintsugi can be connected to the idea of treasure in clay jars in this passage that we read today. The treasure here is Jesus, crucified and risen, and the ministry of proclaiming that, that good news. As human beings, we, like clay jars, are fragile, and yet God chooses us as vessels to carry the good news of the gospel. The fragility and brokenness of our humanity are mirrored in Jesus' suffering on the cross. In the story of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, we see that God works through what is broken. In our suffering, Jesus is with us. But Jesus also was raised from the dead, overcoming suffering. Jesus, just as Jesus is with us in our suffering, so do we get to participate in the new life of Jesus. Verse 8 and 9 describe what this looks like even though we are broken, afflicted, perplexed, persecuted, and struck down. God puts us back together and does not let our brokenness define us. We're not crushed, not driven to despair, not forsaken, and not destroyed. For the life of Jesus to be made visible in our bodies does not mean that we, our jars, become fixed and smooth, like they were never broken. Holding the life and death of Jesus in our bodies at the same time means we have gold seams like in Kintsugi, the extraordinary power of putting us back together, creating life from and within death, belongs to God. The clay jars of our lives, broken and repaired, are evidence of God's work in and through us. We can trust that no matter what happens, God will never abandon us. God will never abandon us. This gives us hope that in the face of death and suffering, life is always at work. The light shines out of the darkness. Remember, this passage is not just about being broken, but not destroyed. It's also about being made a part of God's plan for redemption. We are kintsugi pieces in God's art gallery, or to put it plainly, the way God is working in us, bringing life from death, is a testimony or witness to others. We don't have to go looking for or glorify suffering. Brokenness and suffering is part of life. It will happen whether we seek it or not. Jesus works in spite of and through our brokenness. Where are the places that you need healing? Where do you need the gold poured in? At the beginning of this Lenten journey, identify where you are going to invite God's healing, God's gold, into your life. 
How can you open yourself up to the healing God is offering this Lenten season? How will you allow God to fill your cup and pour into you? I invite you to make time this week to check in with yourselves, to acknowledge places of brokenness you might not have acknowledged or been aware of that you were carrying. We need to be aware in order to intentionally invite God in. Now, St. Ignatius of Loyola, who later founded the Jesuit order, the Society of Jesus, developed a practice to help him do just that. By looking back on his day, he was able to more clearly discern what was of God and what was not. His practice is known as the examine. The examine is a discernment practice, but not in the sense of finding a particular answer to a specific question. Instead, the spiritual practice of reflecting on our day in this way leads us into a much deeper understanding of how it is we orient our entire life towards God. The Reverend Dan Wolpert, Executive Director and Co-Founder of the Minnesota Institute of Contemplation and Healing, explains. That's a heck of a title. We are discerning God's direction for our lives every day. So I would like to share a three-step process for practicing the exam with you. The steps are completed in an attitude of prayer, seeking at all times to hear from God. Begin by asking God to call to mind the moment of the day for which you are most grateful. Ignatius called these life-giving events in our day consolations. Where do we notice the fruits of the Spirit? Wolprit clarifies. It might be a special conversation, an insight at work, or a a chance encounter with a stranger. It could also be a quiet moment of reflection, something you read, or the sunset you noticed. Next, ask God to remind you of the moment for which you are least grateful. Ignatius called these events desolations. Wolpert asks, where do we notice the fruits of the Spirit that are not the Holy Spirit? It might be a careless mistake you made, a comment from a friend that hurts someplace deep inside or the stress at work that fills you with anxiety. It could also be bad news from the doctor, an unexpected bill, or grief over a broken relationship. Relieve the feelings without trying to change or fix it in any way. Take deep breaths and let God's love fill you just as you are. Finally, thank God for all you've experienced. Share your insights with a trusted friend and record them in a journal. When we take note of the day's consolations and desolations, We begin to live our lives differently going forward. Our entire life becomes more and more filled with the fruits of the Spirit, Wolpert encourages. Reflecting on God's presence in our day helps us better follow Jesus tomorrow. Looking back at the end of the day to notice God's presence helps us better follow Jesus going forward. It is important to approach the examine with an attitude of prayer. Being open to that which God reveals through our practice is key. Otherwise, our desires can unknowingly influence our understanding of where God is leading. If we approach our examination of consolations and desolations with our preferences firmly intact, Wolpert explains, anything that contradicts those preferences we will not see. We must leave room for the Spirit of God to surprise us, to be open to wherever God may lead. Following the will of God does not necessarily predicate any particular outcome, he continues. Our goal is not to set some place where we want to go but rather get better at following Jesus wherever he leads. When we consistently look back on our day through the examine, we get better at noticing God's leading in real time. We start noticing the fruits and the consolations and desolations much more quickly. So it starts to feel like and seem like I'm noticing God moving much more in the present moment. Some days might feel ordinary, bland, or of no consequence, but the examine reminds us that 
God isn't far away from any of us. In God we live, move, and exist. God is leading us every day. The examine helps us follow. By examining our lives and not hiding our pain, but using the hardships and losses in our lives to better ourselves and often better others, we are more closely following Christ and understanding who He is and thus are able to be more like Him and follow in His footsteps. Amen. It is time for everybody's favorite part of the service. The announcements. Oh my God, that hurt. That's right, the announcements. Is that really your favorite? My favorite. Better watch out for that lightning. Okay. Pray at lcfc.com. Pray at lcfc.com. You have a prayer request, very simply, you just leave us an email at that address. You remain anonymous, or you can give us your name. We pray every day here at Dallas Universal Life Church. You can ask that we, our prayers be said in our daily prayers, your prayers be said in our daily prayers, or they be said on Sunday during our prayers and intercession with the entire congregation. Again, remain anonymous, or leave us your name. Pray at dallasfuelc.com. Compliments, concerns, suggestions, or complaints. You have one of those, you need one of these. That's going to be an email address, feedback at dallasfuelc.com. Any of those things, we'll be glad to take care of it. Feedback at dallasfuelc.com. They're all very important to us, and we, we encourage you to write to us, please. Feedback at DallasVLC.com. Hey. Did you know we had a podcast? We have a podcast? We have a podcast. Can you believe it? We have a podcast. We've gone for five years on this podcast. We're in our fifth season. We're coming up on our six-year anniversary for the church. Six years. Just a little, a little bit of time here. Just a couple months here. Where's it? Where's it? Where's it? Where's it? It's March, right? It's March, April, May. Our, our anniversary is May 31st. Six years. So five years with the podcast. If you haven't checked out our podcast, please go check it out. I find that when you listen to the podcast, you, you find things a little differently than, than you do being here in person or even watching it on YouTube or whatever. It's, you just catch a different vibe. You catch something different. I, I always catch something new and different that I didn't really catch when I was watching it. See if you have the same issue. I mean, I, I, I could be just crazy, but I think you'll see what I'm talking about. Now, thank you. Anyway. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> feelings, feelings mutual, Gavin. <laughs> Now, you might ask, how do I get to, how do I go look at your podcast or listen to your podcast, Bishop? But that's very simple. You just go to your favorite provider, your favorite search provider, type in your path with Bishop Mark. Or you can go to Alexa and say, Alexa, play your path, and she will play your path. By the way, I did that earlier, and I was listening to my, my, uh, my sermon back in my room, and it said that, and she started playing it. <laughs> anyway, uh, so beware, you might start doing that. Um, or you can go check out one of these great providers which also uh, uh, provides our podcast to you and that's going to be Anchor by Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, CastBox, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and TuneIn. Check them out. Check out our podcast. No, you can make a difference. We are a church of volunteers. None of us here take a salary. All of us donate our time and our abilities and our money and whatever we can to this church to make it happen. We believe in what we're saying. We believe that much that we're doing this, you know, we're putting a lot of work into this. We're not getting paid for, at least not in money, right? But we need your help. It does take money for our church to survive and the only way we do survive is through donations. We ask that you, if you like what you're hearing here, if you like the message we're trying to get out, if you believe in, in this all-inclusive love that God has shown us, 
please consider making a donation to Dallas Universal Life Church. Very simple. Just go to DallasVLC.com. There's a donate button there. Click on that. We are a 501c3 charity. All of your donations are tax deductible. Coming up on tax time, folks. Might help. Anyway, please consider making a donation. We could really use your help. Now, every, every week, every time I say this, I get the same thing. Bishop, I love the church, but I'm broke. Join the club. I am too. <laughs> but you can do what I do. I volunteer. Now, I volunteer about 80 hours a week, um, but I don't expect anybody else to do that. I don't. But a couple hours, two hours, three hours, four hours a week, that'd be great. Whatever you can spare. All you got to do is go to, to uh, DallasVLC.com and click on volunteer. You can see the open positions we have there. If you don't see something you like, don't worry about it. Come on in. We love new ideas. And this is a great time for you to get to know the people here. Um, if you're new, I always suggest volunteering because you can get to know some people and kind of make some some bonds before you actually get into church. And then once you get into church, it's much more easy to, to kind of fit in with everything and, and, get, and learn everything and, and kind of get with the flow. So volunteer, DallasVLC.com and click on volunteer. Or just come see me. Have we named the dance yet? Have you come up with anything yet? I'm gonna do a contest, aren't I? Madonna. No, not Madonna. Madonna, Madonna, Madonna. I'm a little more creative than that, Gavin. How about Goldfinger? <laughs> or Goldfinger? No. <laughs> it's your mind out of the gutter. All right. So, Gavin, we had a full conversation there. Even your, your, your uh, illicit comments. How long was that little video clip? And why do you think it was 20 seconds long? Because that's how long it takes to kill the dang freaking virus. Right. It takes a minimum time of 20 seconds of soap and water, washing your hands with soap and water to kill things like the coronavirus. If you don't wash your hands for at least 20 seconds with soap and water, you're not doing any good. You're just wasting your time and wasting soap and water. 20 seconds minimum washing your hands. That was that, that clip. It seems that's a long time. If you're standing in the bathroom at American Airlines Center and you're up to the sink and you're washing, you've got 15 people behind you, they're going to be mad as hell. But you know what? You're, I don't care. I'm staying alive and I'm keeping everybody around me alive by washing my hands for at least 15 seconds or 20 seconds, rather, 20 seconds, and then drying them well and using hand sanitizer if I, can, if I have it available. Okay? Please do that. Please go get vaccinated. If you haven't been vaccinated and gotten your boosters yet, it's very important we all participate in this to make it happen. Um, Practice your social distancing. Continue to wear your masks if you feel like if you feel like you need to. Um, look, if we all become more hygienically aware of each other, of ourselves, um, this could be put to a, a stop much sooner. So please help us help each other by making this stop. Wash your hands. Get vaccinated. Um, practice social distancing. Um, you know, continue to wear your mask if necessary. Okay. All right. Moving on. Guess what next week is? Spring forward. What does that mean, Gavin? It means set your clocks forward. Okay, that's correct. Every spring and fall, we are daylight savings time here, so we go back and forth between that uh, on the spring and the fall. We kind of spring forward and fall back. So in spring, it's coming up. It's still, it's still going to be a week away from spring when we do this because spring is not till the twentieth. But uh, on Sunday, March thirteenth, which is next Sunday, at two a.m. The clocks go back, go forward one hour. So we're losing an hour. So at 2 a.m., it'll be 3 a.m. So don't be late to church on Sunday. Because so people think that, okay, they, they, they'll walk in at, at um, we'll have service at 3, right? They'll walk in at 4 and go, 
What's going on? What do y'all, y'all didn't start without me? What's the deal? Y'all starting early? No, we've been going for an hour. You're an hour late. So, understand. At, on Sunday, March 13th, 13th at 2 a.m., if you're not awake at 2 a.m., you know, do it either the night before, preferably the night before, or when you get up in the morning, the clocks go ahead one hour. Now, most of your, your, your digital clocks, your phones and things like that will automatically update. But all of your analog clocks around the, around the house, your, your grandfather clocks, all those things that chime, those beautiful things, you're going to have to set those back, set those forward uh, on your own. So spring forward, Sunday, March 13th. Don't forget next Sunday, just spring forward, okay? I guess what? We made it through the announcements, folks. That did it. Now you can see this wonderful thing, dismissal of the community. See how quickly that types? So it's ready to get out of here, isn't it? Okay. Please rise for our dismissal. Thank you.